listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in. If you look at your calendars, this recording was done at the end of May 2020. So we are sort of at the end of maybe or maybe the beginning of the end of what uh, people are calling the um, COVID-19 pandemic. And that means that people are starting to fish. And so we're really, really excited to hear that things are really starting to open up for people. And it appears there's going to be a 2020 season coming up for many of us out there. Today, my guest is uh, coming from Fairbanks, Alaska. And uh, Aaron Topolinski runs AK Fish Charters. And without stealing much of his thunder, I think I've got him on the line. Aaron, you there? Hey, how's it going, Ted? You know, going well. How about you, man? It's going good. Terrific. What? Going good. Just uh, getting ready to getting all my gear ready and getting ready to head down to fish camp for the summer. <laughs> there, there you go. Now I got to ask because it, it it always goes through my mind when somebody says Fairbanks, that means cold to me. Are are you sitting in snow right now? No, it was eighty degrees today. Oh my God! Really? No, in Fairbanks? It was. It was. <laughs> It was 80 degrees today, 80 degrees yesterday. Uh, I was in the 60s the day before. It's going up and down. Wow. Summer's here. Wow, no kidding. That's awesome, man. So, so Aaron, um, you run a fishing charter um, uh, in in Alaska, obviously, a.k.a. the name. Um, But um, you don't fish the salt. You fish... uh, freshwater as I understand how in the world did you ever get started in fishing and how did that transfer into getting into the fishing business hmm that is a that question has a large answer (laughs) are we going are we going all the way back to the beginning well I mean did did you have somebody in your life that mentored (laughs) you and and uh, would take you out fishing and that sort of thing absolutely that would be my dad Oh, that's cool. My dad, uh, my earliest memories I have of being alive and and my, and being with my dad was fishing. Uh Um, this, my whole life has been centered around fishing. My dad's whole life was centered around fishing and that's, that's how we bonded. That's how he taught me, taught me about life and, and the way to navigate through life was lessons through fishing. Oh, that's cool. Now, did you grow up in Alaska? I did not. I grew up in uh, upstate New York in a town called Farmington. Oh, yeah. And we had this little lake up there called Lake Ontario, one of the Great Lakes. And uh, I just happened to live in an area with a world-class trout and salmon fishery. Absolutely. Um, So I'd spend spend all my days off out on the lake trolling around uh, for steelhead, salmon, lake trout, um, brown trout. I, I miss brown trout living in Alaska. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, all winter long, I'd be on the tributaries chasing steelhead. Oh, cool! Like go at the Salmon River and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, Pulaski. I spent some time up in Pulaski. I like the little uh, unspoken tributaries. Ah, uh, very good. kind of my favorite. Very yeah. good. Yeah, pe- people don't realize how big of a, a salmon fishery that is up in Lake Ontario, and it just seems to be getting better up there. <laughs> 
So you took all the skills that you learned there, and then how in the world did you find yourself in Fairbanks? Well, I've always wanted to live in Alaska since since I was old enough to flip pages in magazines, and I'd always find myself in the back section um, looking at all the ads for all the all the fishing guides up here. And uh, from a really young age, that was always my life goal was to move to Alaska and own a guide service. Um, I came up here a little bit later in my life. I'm not that old. I'm 40. Okay. Um, I moved up here 10 years ago with the Army. I ended up doing 10 years in the Army Mm -hmm. and had kind of given up on my Alaska dream until I got stationed here. I held, oh. one day I got orders for a new assignment and it was Fairbanks, Alaska. I couldn't believe I was holding that piece of paper in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Score, really? Yeah. Yep. And the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. So you've been up there ever so since, I, huh? I have. Yeah. I have, yeah. So, so then, okay. So you got to Alaska with the army, you got out of the army and then you started your, your uh, charter service? I did. I did. Uh-huh. I'm actually a nurse, um, and I found that I'm a better fisherman than I am a nurse. Um, <laughs> it's just less stress for me, and yeah. that's what I know. I've been doing it my whole life. You know, I was only nursing for five years when I got out of the army, and uh, I tried some civilian nursing jobs for a little bit, and I was miserable. Yeah. And uh, I have a real good wife. She's really strong-willed and stubborn, and she pushed me into this. <laughs> Wow, really? So your wife your wife pushed you into the fishing business? Yeah, she she wanted to be happy and she wasn't going to be happy unless I was happy. Wow. Wow. Well, that's an anomaly. <laughs> Good for you, man. I know. I know. Man, yeah. I better hold on to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't get any ideas. Absolutely. So I I'm just, I'm just curious how and why did you uh, pick where you fish and and you run your business out of it. Uh, you you primarily salmon fish, is that right? Yeah, salmon. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. We target kings and sockeyes, and then there's some bonus fish in there. Uh, they do a lot of trips. People want greenling and rainbow trout, valley barden. Uh huh. But our main focus is is the king run and the sockeye run. That's their bread and butter. So where you're at. So, um, yeah. So where where yeah, you're at? What what's the season where you're catching kings? So I don't fish in Fairbanks. I move and and work and and live out of out of uh, Glen Allen and Copper Center in the summer. Okay. Um, and uh, what was your question again? <laughs> I got uh, sidetracked. How how you know uh, in in regards to you know how you picked where you. Uh, um, uh, run your charter business out of. Gotcha. So when I was up here and I was still in the military, um, I was out fishing every weekend and I found the, uh, Copper River fishery, the, the Gulcana River and the Kukina River. Um, cause I was looking for a place to get away from the crowds. Um, and it was perfect for me because the only, the only combat fishing you'll see is at the bridges. Um, there's very limited, uh, land access and then the terrain um, you can you can you can secure land access to fish some of the the private property there um, but the terrain keeps people off of that river you just can't get back in there 
Um, and so it was perfect for me. And so that's where I spent all my weekends, all my leave. Um, and then I really got to learn those rivers uh, where I was at. Any day I had off of work, I was down there. Um, oh, wow. And then I, I got out and now I, now I fish there every day. Oh, that's terrific. So I'm, I'm would assume that you're, you've got a boat on these rivers. Are you floating it or, or how are you fishing it? So we're floating the rivers on whitewater rafts. So there's two rivers I fish. The Galcana River is class one and two whitewater. It's a lazy river, mm -hmm. nice lazy float. Um, and then the Quitina River is a class three whitewater river. And we're floating 15 miles of that, 15 to 20 miles, depending on where we drop in. <clears throat> wow. So how technical is that water you fish? Uh, the Gulcana's the Gulcana's pretty easy float. There's a lot of rental rafts on that uh -huh. on that, uh, that river and a lot of a lot of weekenders get out there. The Clutina River is uh it's it's strictly guides only out there. Yeah. Um it's a pretty technical river. Uh we're out there every day. Safety's our number one priority. And uh we practice. You know, we go just go out there and practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I know every pebble on that river. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great place to call your own, man. What uh, what a what a cool yeah. uh, uh, cool opportunity. So, when people book a trip with you, is it are they going out for just a day, or is it uh, a week long trip? How does that work, Aaron? So I just do day trips. Um, okay. We start at three o'clock in the morning. And we go until we're done pretty much. So I sell eight to 10 hour trips. We fish and we fish until we're done. We fish uh -huh. until you've had your fish. Yeah. Wow. So, and you say three o'clock in the morning. I mean, you know, uh, in, in a lot of part of the world, uh, a lot of the world, it's still dark until six o'clock in the morning during the summertime, but probably not where you're at. Not even remotely close. <laughs> it's, it's daylight. Uh-huh. That's it's it's awesome. Oh, I'll bet that's pretty cool. Yeah, how, I'm on a, on a typical float. How many miles are you floating, Aaron? Uh, we do seven miles of the Gulcana River and fifteen to twenty miles of the Kootenai. Okay, so uh, and tons of wildlife out there. We see moose and bears, eagles, uh, eagles, and more eagles. Yeah, um, beavers, muskrats. Saw uh, some mountain goats last year. Oh, really? Which, uh, yeah, it was weird to see them in the area. We saw them, but but we saw them. Actually, they were they were sheep. I'm sorry, uh -huh. they were sheep. Yeah. I'll be darned. <clears throat> we watched them for about two weeks. Really? No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. same spot every day. They were up on this ledge, up on this bluff, and then sometimes we'd go by and we don't see them up on the bluff. We come around a corner and they're on a gravel bar drinking water. And we float by 10 feet away from them. Isn't that cool? I'll bet the cameras were was clicking, amazing. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine, mine was clicking. I had to drop the oars a few times and grab a picture real quick. Absolutely. You'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so are you fishing out of the rafts or do you, do you use the raft to go from one hole to another? How does that work? On the Gulcana River, we'll do some fishing out of the rafts. Uh, but mainly we're, we're bottom bouncing and side bouncing uh off ashore we use the uh -huh. raft as a mode of transportation to get to the places that other people can't get to right 
Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, when you talk about uh, um, uh, bottom bouncing and that sort of thing, how how are you how are you rigged up to fish for salmon in that river? So we mainly use conventional tackle, um, either spinning reels or casting reels, and uh-huh. uh, you use a you, you need to keep your the fish are on the bottom, so you need to keep your presentation down there on the bottom. Right. So we're using pencil lead and. Uh, Braided line, pencil lead, and then and then fluorocarbon leader, and uh, you have your porky spinning glow and uh, row. We're fishing mainly row. Um, and the trick is is to keep it on the bottom for the majority of the trip. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get pretty intimidated by that that have never done that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's surprisingly pretty easy technique to to pick up. And and uh, I think the intimidation is is they're intimidated of snags. <laughs> right, right. Um, but after you after you do you know after you cast fifty sixty times you got it down. You know, you, you sure. get it down. It's pretty easy. Sure, yeah. and then and when then when people understand that uh, when their lead gets hung up, you you give it a little bit of pressure, and and if you're if you're running your lead the way I think you are. It just kind of comes out of the the little plastic tube, and you reload, and off you go again, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, and I'm not using the plastic tubes. Um, um, I I have them I have them uh, attached with a swivel. Oh, got it. Um, okay. Yeah, lead lead gets expensive, and and we can usually get all the snags out. So as soon as as soon as you feel it grab, you give it a yank, get right. it out of there. Right. Yep. It's all about line control and, and, and controlling your uh controlling your slack line. Yeah. Keeping the line tight to the center. So even a novice fisherman can get the hang of this um um in in a day's time, huh? Oh, every single one of them. I, I really enjoy taking kids out there. That's, yeah. That's uh it's really enjoyable to get kids out there and, and get them on big kings and I've had a lot of kids where their first fish is a 30 pound king salmon or 40, 50 pound king salmon. Wow. Really? Um, yeah. And then they're spoiled. They're spoiled for the rest of their life. Cause yeah, yeah, they are. The yeah. Bar real high. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they go back home and somebody invites them walleye fishing and they're, they're asking you why we're, we're fishing for bait, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What, what's the biggest king that you've, uh, um had a had a guest uh pull out the last few years oh i'd say upper 50s wow that big upper, upper really 50 pounds. yeah yeah there's fish in there up, up over 60 that the key is holding on to them okay big water big fish right right <clears throat> now when you say big water i mean how um i'm assuming the 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 river isn't weightable Oh, it is, it is weightable. So we're fishing the yetis. So we pull oh. over and we fish the yetis, the slow uh-huh. water. Um, we're fishing seams. So you look, you look for the seams in the water, um, you know, that break, break up the slow water from the fast water. Right. And that's where the fish like to hold. Um, but the fast water is never far away from the fish. <laughs> yeah. So there's, well, there's a special technique we use to fight them that keeps them low to the bottom and and uh, keeps them keeps them from screaming downriver and getting into that that tail out that fast water. Yeah, that's that's a frustrating experience when that happens. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll it is. Hard. It keeps them out of the air, too. It's exciting to watch a, a big fish jump, a big 30, 40, 50-pound king jump. Um, but the more times they jump, the the better chance that fish has of, of winning the battle. So we, yeah. there's a technique we use to, to keep, them, keep them low in the water column while you're fighting them. Oh, really? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, in, in, in my experience, when, uh, when I fish for kings, they like to hug that bottom a lot. Every once in a while, they've gone, they, they go airborne, but it sounds like uh, they come out of the water a lot more where you're at. They come out of the water almost instantly. Really? Almost instantly. Yeah, so the, the trick is uh, you keep the rod tip low. You set the hook up over your shoulder and then rod tip low. Put that rod tip right in the water. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay, I'll be darned. And that, that's hard for somebody, for somebody that's fished their whole life, and we're all taught by our dads and our grandpas, you know, right? rod tip up, keep that rod tip up, keep that rod tip up, and now you got a guy, you got a guide shouting at you, you know, <laughs> rod tip low, rod tip low, get that rod in the water, and you, and, you know, you get that confusion. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've gone through that a number of times. I went down... Uh, Oh, it's been a, a number of years ago now down to Cabo and we went down rooster fishing, you know, and you fish with live bait down there and, and uh, you see the rooster's fin come across and you're supposed to, once the rooster takes that live bait, you're supposed to let him run like 75 yards before you set the hook. That is the longest 75 yards that I've ever held a pole, you know. <laughs> so, oh, it's terrible. It's, you, can, you can count your heartbeats. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And, and, and I would imagine it's the same way fishing with you. You're used to setting that hook up high and then, and then keeping that bend on them. But uh, that'd be tough to put the, the, the rod down for a while, you know, but it would make well, sense. You're, you're, keeping, you're keeping the rod, you're, you're keeping a full bend of, on, in the rod at all times. You're just, you're just switching from over your shoulder to right. down low in front of you. Right. And, and that's it. That's as easy it is. And, and so I generally don't, coach people on the fight until they have until they until the fight started right um because they're not going to remember you know they're they're excited they got a big king on and um you set the hook keep that rod bent but keep it low mm-hmm. so on an on average Aaron, and i know this probably uh, vacillates from day to day and week to week but how many how many fish do people hook on a typical trip with you Oh, that varies because we're we're fishing we're fishing a run, a yeah. run of fish that you know we're running up river, um, you know, and there's there's an ebb and flow to it. Um, big rushes of fish will come through, and then they'll slow down for a bit. Weather will hold you off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when the fishing's good, it's not uncommon to hook ten, fifteen, twenty kings in a trip. Wow, wow, that's some sore shoulders there. <laughs> Wow, so so ten so ten or more thirty pound fish in a day—that's incredible. Yeah, it depends. That it depends on the river. Um, the Gulcana River is a different fishery than the Quitina. Um, they're both Copper River salmon. They both meaning they both come from Cordova and they're swimming up the Copper into the tributaries. And um, some fish swim up the swim up the uh, Gulcana. Some swim up the Quitina. Um, yeah. The Quitina fish tend to be they tend to average about 20 pounds and we'll get them up over 40 and the kutina river fish they average 30 pounds and we get them up over 50 to 60 got it 
Now, do people typically <clears throat> keep the, the first fish they bring in or will they release them looking for bigger fish or? It depends on how the day's going and, and what the, what the client's after. Um, we get a lot of, a lot of clients that just prefer catch and release and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I, I have no hard feelings of returning, a uh, you know, good genetics back into the river. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the limit is one king per person per day and four per season out of the copper river fishery. Um, and we are allowed to, to catch and release there and we're allowed to retain them there. Um, it all depends on how the day's going and how the, how the fishing is. Um, I'm pretty good at predicting, you know, if, if you want to, if you, if you're out looking for a trophy king and you want to keep the trophy, um, I'm pretty good at, you know, figuring out which fish we should let go and which fish we should, you know, depending on how the day's been going. Uh-huh. I'll be darned. Well, very good. So when, when do the sockeye come into the rivers there? Uh, the sockeye, the sockeye start running in, in, in late May, early June. Okay. And then, uh, that's, that fishery, um, it goes up and down with their timing. Sometimes they hit the rivers real early. Sometimes they hit the rivers, you know, a little bit later than, than you think they should. Um, sometimes they will uh, kind of evenly swim through the rivers all season long. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll all swim through the main body of fish will swim through in two weeks time. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you never really know until, until you know. Right. So, so the times that the sockeye are in there, um, are you retaining both uh, kings and sockeyes during the same trip? Absolutely, all my trips are combo trips. If they are. if, uh, if you want to fish for both, um, we'll get your king out of the way, and then we'll switch over and fish for sockeyes. If you just want to fish for sockeyes, we'll do sockeyes. If you just want to fish for kings, we'll do kings. We're pretty flexible. Okay. So if somebody keeps their, you know, uh, a, a king early, are they allowed then to continue fishing for kings, but just on a catch and release basis? In our fishery, they are. And so really? what I do in that instance is I pinch the barb off the hook. So we're not doing a lot of damage to the fish. Oh, got it. So, okay. So, yeah, if we're catching releasing, I'm, I'm pinching the barbs. So on the guys that, on the trips where the guys just want to catch and release only, we're, we're fishing barbless hooks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. So gosh, some, you know, uh, a guy could come out of there fairly easily with, um, you know, if you kind of nice, a nice King and, and got your limited sockeye, you might come out of there with what, 30, 40 pounds of, of fillets. Yeah. It's, it's not uncommon to go home with a, a whole cooler full of fish. Uh-huh. Wow. <clears throat> Plus, plus a lot of, a lot of great pictures. Lots of pictures. Yeah. So when, when I think of Alaska, I also think of bears and, um, in your part of the world, you probably have what grizzlies in that area. We have, yes. Yeah. We have grizzlies and, and a lot of black bears. Uh -huh. Um, there's a lot of hunting pressure in our area. So they, they tend to, it's not like other fisheries you, you hear about in Alaska where you're standing in the water and there's a bear right across fishing with you. We'll see right. the bears and we give them, we give them, we give them a wide berth. Um, we're not going to stop and fish where a bear is. If, if there's a bear that wants to fish where we're at, um, we're gone. We get out of there and, and, and we go. Um, we give them a lot of respect 
and a lot of distance and and just watch them from a distance yeah they're a magnificent <laughs> animal and you're right um in most cases throughout most of alaska they, they really don't bother you a whole lot they're more afraid of you than anything yeah i've never had any issues with bears up there uh-huh or down there i should say yeah we <laughs> we were in we were on admiralty island if you know where that is down in southeast one time and uh we I had do. a guy guy with us that uh actually wanted to go hunt a um, bear and we were going to go fishing and and so we uh all uh, did our own thing that day and we came back and, and we had a lot of fish and and the guy that wanted to hunt bear he didn't didn't have much luck that day and um so anyway somebody had the grand idea of taking a, a picture of the photograph that was on the cabin wall of uh, Pack Creek, if you know where that is. And it had all the big grizzlies and the waterfall. It's that iconic, <laughs> you know, picture. And we showed it to this guy and he just went nuts. Oh my God, that's where he went fishing. You know, oh yeah, it was really a lot of fun. There was bears everywhere, you know, and and uh, finally after the, the second or third frosty beverage, he looks up on the wall, he looks at us and just shakes his head and curses at us and goes to, and does something else. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> nice. But, so, so how many people? Well, we, it's not uncommon to see them down there. We just, we, we give them a lot of respect. Yeah. And, and give them, give them their distance. Yep. You have to, you have to. So how, how many people <laughs> and, can and you, you put on a round? Get anywhere in the world. Uh, yeah. four. We take out, uh, uh, four clients on a raft. Okay. And we have the ability to take, uh, uh, two rafts out with two guides. Uh-huh. Uh, me and me and Jake and Jake's been uh, guiding the particular rivers that that we were fishing for the last eight years. Got it. Now in in Alaska and uh, up in Fairbanks and then down in in um, Anchorage, there's a number of military bases. Do you do you have like uh, veterans discounts and that sort of thing? We do. We we do a ten percent discount. Uh, uh, the service members you know, oh, cool. really appreciate what they do and I was a service member for 10 years and understand the, the hardships and the, and the give you know that that they give up for their you know their families and for for us for our uh -huh. country you know wow <clears throat> wow what a what a great a weekend experience or whenever they had a day off I mean, you're with, like, like you were saying, you're within driving distance of, uh, in a day's time of coming up and having a great day fishing and be back on base later that day. Yeah, we're pretty much right smack dead center between, uh, uh, Richardson down in, in Anchorage and Fort Wainwright and Nielsen up in Fairbanks. It's uh, about a three hour drive from, from Anchorage and a three and a half to four hour drive from Fairbanks. Yeah. Both of the drives are beautiful. Oh, I'll bet they amazing, are. Amazing scenery. I drive them a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I drive from Fairbanks to Copper Center a lot, and I'm always rubbernecking the, every time I drive it, that drive never gets boring. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. And so they, they meet you at the, at the put-in, and then you must have a shuttle or something at the, where they take out to go back up to their cars? Yeah, we have a setup, uh, so it's it's pretty convenient because um, it is a rafting trip, and and we start at point A and go to point B. So, um, I'm I meet it. I meet all the guests at the takeout where we're gonna at the landing where we oh, end the trip. 
and they they leave their vehicles there and they ride up with us and we drop the rafts in and um we float back to their vehicles oh got it okay and then do you you clean the fish before they take them home oh of course uh-huh. yeah, we 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 play the fish and uh um we'll put them in ziploc bags for you and if if you need to uh ship it or freeze it or vacuum seal it there's a business down there that a good friend of mine um copper central is owned mm-hmm. by brandon and uh I, I send you over there and he'll he'll get you taken care of ship your fish wherever you want to go um oh, wow. if shipping if, if if shipping isn't an option for you or another there's another way to get your fish home um you can I believe most airlines will let you check an extra bag uh, up to 50 pounds for usually around 50 bucks. And Mm -hmm. uh, a cooler, a cooler is considered an extra bag. Pack your fish in a cooler um, after it's frozen, of course, and duct tape it shut. Check it, check it, check it on the airline and it flies home with you. Wow, cool. So if somebody wanted to fish with you multiple days, are there options of places to stay where you're fishing? There is. There's uh the Caribou Hotel is is real convenient. I like to tell people it's cheap, clean, and convenient. Uh, right here in uh right down there in Glen Allen. Uh-huh. And there's multiple campgrounds down there. Um there's full service campgrounds, there's uh state campgrounds for twenty bucks a night. You get a pad to park your RV or place a tent. Uh there's a Otna Native Corporation campground. Um that's that's real convenient and real nice and clean and big giant giant campsites uh really? right in the right in the middle of the woods right on the Galcana river oh wow okay. <clears throat> uh tons of bed and breakfasts in the area as well too uh-huh gosh that uh, that sounds like that sounds like heaven on earth man <laughs> that's my favorite place in the world man well, you're a lucky man to be able to uh, live um, uh, live in, in in a place like that. Uh, it's um, probably when you go away, it's always good to get back home. I am. I'm pretty blessed to, to live the life that I'm living and and uh, thoroughly enjoy my job. My job is my passion, so mm-hmm. I don't work a day in my life. Oh, that's cool. That that is cool. <laughs> So, so in regards to if somebody wants to bring up a bigger group or something, Aaron, can you um, accommodate for that? Uh, yeah, we can, we can accommodate groups up to eight people, eight people a day. Okay. Well, that, uh, that's a good size group. And then in the, in, in 2020 here with the, with the COVID thing, uh, addressing the elephant in the room, um, those restrictions have sort of been uh, lifted in Alaska for the summer, haven't they? They have. A lot of it's been lifted uh, as of today. Today's Friday. Um, the governor has uh, opened up all businesses in all businesses in Alaska. Um, no occupancy restrictions anymore. Uh-huh. Um, we're still. We're still uh, we're still keeping people safe. I'm I'm still asking that people bring masks with them, and I have uh, latex or nitrile gloves, you know, to hand out for people. We're not sharing fishing rods um, like right. we used to. Um, 
if, if somebody gets is snagged up, you know, I'll take the rod from their hand and, and help you out and I'll, I'll wipe it down before I give it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're doing everything with it, our power to keep people safe and, and, uh, have safe queen fun. Well, good deal. Well, yeah, good deal. We'll go out and live our, still go out and live our lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Aaron, how do people get a hold of you if they want to book a trip with you? Uh, there's multiple ways. Um, the easiest way is to, to give me a phone call, uh, 907-799-4569. <clears throat> or you could re- reach me by email at akfishcharters at gmail.com. And I also have a website. Uh, you, can, you can book directly online from my website um, at www.akfishcharters.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, AK Fish Charters. Very good. Yeah, and I know you're pretty active on Facebook also. People uh, are on there and kind of perusing on through. Um, simply you know, look you up by your name or AK Fish Charters and you come right up. And that, uh, uh, that's, that's a great way. That's how we, have, of course, got in contact with each other, I think. so. It is. Anyway, it is. and, and the, the 2020 season, I know you're booking right now. and and you're starting to fill your calendar, but uh, sounds like you've got some some room in there if uh, people are looking to t- uh, to come out on on an adventure with you. Yeah, we're filling up. We're 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 filling up pretty good. Um, we're getting a number of bookings coming in every day. I still have a lot of room available. Um, like I said, we we handled two rafts and two guides. So uh huh. There's there's still some room, and there's still room to be flexible. I have a uh, several weekend dates available still. Um, and we're allowed to do mixed now. They lifted that, that mandate. Oh, um, so I, I get a lot of couples that couples that come, a lot of buddies that come, you know, two and two. And, um, I also don't have a, uh, minimum booking requirement either. Uh, if you're a single person that wants to come down or come up and fish, um, you go ahead and give me a call or shoot me a text or email and, We'll get you booked, and you'll have uh, two or three buddies at the end of your trip. It's amazing how that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, usually, before we even put the boat in, everybody's everybody's a buddy. <laughs> yep, yep. Something just about yep. you know about having a a fishing rod in your hand and the excitement. Uh, you know, it uh, it it creates a a lot of interaction and. Uh, people that enjoy the sport um, really seem to bond very, very quickly. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time today, man. I wish you the very best in 2020. Stay healthy, you know, have a great season, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the river someday. Hey, thank you so much, Ted. Okay, you take care, man. Yep, you too.